Quest Community Church, living life as friends with faith through knowing God, loving others, and making a difference. We have a, a special guest who's been a member of our church and her family's been a member of our church, but she's coming off of 16, 16 months of training. So she is fired up to share with us this morning. And so what I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to ask you to give one more time. I'm going to ask you to give your attention to Carrie as she comes. She's fondly known as Bumblebee Tuna. She has a powerful message for us, a challenging message on her story and some of her experience. So Carrie, why don't you come and join me in greeting Carrie Bell. Oh, Thanks, Scott. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Quest Community Church, how you doing? First off, what a turnout. There are so many people here. That is so great. Um, well, as Scott said, my name is Carrie Ballowater. I told him he could just say Bumblebee Tuna. That's my Facebook name. I was like, that's probably going to be easier for you. Um, but yes, so I am I am the kid of Debbie and Ron Ballowater, chilling in the back there. Um, oh, yeah. Give it up for the parents. <laughs> um, if you don't know them, you should because they're awesome. Dad, you can pay me later. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so I'm currently, I am a student at Bethany College of Missions in Minnesota. Um, and part of the four-year program, as Scott said, is a, a 16-month internship overseas. So it's a missionary training school. So the internship is like the hands-on aspect of it, learning to be an effective missionary while also taking classes. And so I just got back from this internship 15 days ago. Um, and I went to Garissa, Kenya, which is northeastern Kenya in Africa. And um, it's, uh, well, while I was there, I, along with my team of eight, we, we learned the language, so we studied Swahili, and, um, and just the culture, too, by getting to know the people. So we went in as, as learners, and there's a picture you'll see. There it is. And um, good job, Sandy. And... Um, just like living with the people, and this is a group of us, us girls. Oh, it's on the sides now. It's been a while since I've been here. Um, and, <laughs> and so we, we eat on the floor and we eat with our hands. So that's super fun. Um, but only your right hand, actually. So a little tidbit. The culture I was in was Muslim. And um, they don't eat with their left hand because they actually don't use toilet paper. They use water and, um, and their left hand. So I'll say that up to your imagination. But um, I, I learned my lesson. It just only took one time that I used my left hand, and they, they're like, whoa, whoa, what are you doing? They freaked out a little bit. Good times. Um, so just living with them and spending time loving them. And so I actually returned to school in Minnesota January 6th, and I'll graduate early May, so also a good time. And uh, the, the future, the game plan is to go to Rwanda, Africa someday. That's where I feel like the Lord is calling me. So this experience was, it was definitely hard at times, but it was also really fulfilling. Um, this next picture that you're going to see is, represents one of my really low times on internship. So I know you're excited about that. Um, <laughs> this, this is a place where we had stayed, um, where it was like halfway through internship and it was really hard, but the Lord really used this time to highlight surrender to me. So due to unrest... Um, in Garissa, where our original internship site was, we had to move around quite a bit. So we, um, we'd actually been in this place for three months, 
And at this time, again, halfway through my internship, I was really homesick and I was having a hard time being on internship. Um, it was hot and dusty. I don't know if you can really tell. That road out there is just all dust. So the dust and the wind, it's not kind to my eyes. Um, but that's okay. So I was, I was just kind of sick of doing the same thing. We, um, we were involved in different ministries like schools and churches and, um, that weren't necessarily my, my passion to do. So it was just very mundane at times. And, um, I was actually pretty stubborn in my heart. I was upset that I was in a place that I had to go downstairs to use the restroom, the good old squatty and, um, haul buckets of water, of dirty water. You're like, am I really getting clean? Um, to take a shower, a bucket shower. And so uh, I was just missing home and my comforts, some of you people here in the crowd. <laughs> um, and so, but one day as I was approaching the apartment complex where we were living in, which this picture is taken out of that, um, I, I was just realizing that with all these things built up inside of me, I couldn't do it on my own. So instead of giving it all to, to the Lord, I had built up this, this bitterness inside of me and I was like fighting it. And I came into my room and I just fell like face down on the bed, just imagining myself falling face down before God in his throne room. And I just gave up. I was like, okay, Jesus, I, I give, I surrender. I can't do this without you. And I did want to know why, like, why had God brought me there? Why was everything just so different and difficult? Uh, why had I not felt his presence as much? And so I had known that there would be an, an end to all this, but it just felt so far off. And, um, but I knew I couldn't do without him, do it without him. So I, uh, I had to surrender. And he had brought me there for a reason, whether I knew fully that reason or not, and had, you know, seen the, the fruit of it yet. Um, so, but I'm sure everyone here, too, has had a, a why question that they've asked God, or maybe you still have, like, this question, you're like, God, why? Um, so for you, I want you to just think about that question. What What is that why question? What is it that you feel you have to know why? Whether it is why you're in a certain situation or where God is in the midst of it all. And sometimes, oh, that really went fast. Scrub a little bit. Bear with me. <laughs> okay, there we go. <laughs> All right, so sometimes God doesn't always answer the, the why question, or even right away, but it really is this opportunity for us to, to trust him and rest in his, his good intentions for us and to, to persevere through whatever the circumstance is we are facing, knowing everything he does is, is out of love because God, God is love. And even when the why question isn't answered, there, there's peace available for us as we see him rightly, allowing us to trust him and, and to hold life as this open grasp, fully surrendered to him. So in that time of, of wondering why, he reminded me of a song that is, it's, uh, it's about not feeling or, or hearing God. And the part that he reminded me of goes, as I wait for you, maybe I'm made more faithful. So as we wait for him and as we may not know you know, the why, the answer to the why question, and why God has brought us into specific seasons, we have the opportunity to be made more faithful. So in the summer of 2011, before I went on internship, 
um, the Lord spoke to me about what he was going to teach me on this internship, which is surrender. And I, uh, I really enjoy singing. And so oftentimes the Lord will speak to me through, through songs. And so I'll just be like going along, do my own thing. Um, and I'll realize I had this song like playing over and over in my head. And then I come to realize, oh, this song is in my head and it has to do with a certain situation. So, um, there's a song that he put in my head that summer and I didn't really understand the timing of it because the season that the song represents and the season I was in, I was home. So I was here in my element and loving it. And, um, the chorus of this song goes, he brought me to the wilderness so I will learn to sing. He lets me see my barrenness so I will learn to lean. And the song is actually based off of Song of Songs 8-5 which says, who is that coming up from the wilderness, leaning on her beloved? And um, Song of Songs has been um, interpreted in two ways, allegorically and literally. So in the allegorical sense, the one leaning on her beloved represents us, the church, people of God. And, um, and the other, the beloved, is undoubtedly Jesus. So this verse just gives us the picture of our, our dependence on Jesus as we're leaning on him. And I remember one time in specific when I was driving, and again, I had this song going through my head. Um, and I asked God, I was like, all right, God, why, why this song? Like, um, I'm home, I'm happy, I'm in my element. I got my people with me. Like, it was great. I didn't understand. And um, so this small thought in the back of my head, which I realize now was really the Holy Spirit, um, he was speaking to me and saying, like, this is for what's going to come on internship. But I still was like, I didn't pay much attention to it, and I was just enjoying being in the moment and didn't want to admit that what was going to come would be hard, would be challenging. So, but I came to realize why he had placed that song in my head so often that summer. When I finally arrived on site for internship, I was, I was out of my comfort zone. Um, I experienced culture shock right away, and I didn't like being so far from home um, without the people closest to me. I was definitely out of my comfort zone without a lot of, of freedoms that I, that I have here. Um, I was, I said that already. Okay. The culture I was mainly in, um, as I'd mentioned before, was mainly Muslim. And so in the Muslim culture, it's actually not the most uplifting place for a woman to be because men are very dominant in the culture and women are seen as more inferior. And, um, and I didn't know much about Muslims before either. Um, I had just heard mainly like intense things about them, so I was a little intimidated, to be honest. And um, yeah, so all that just hit me pretty hard. And But if you ask me now, um, Muslims are some of my favorite people, and they need Jesus, just like the rest of us. And they're, they're super great, all of them. Um, so I believe that the Holy Spirit will just have his way as, as I share, and I also just pray that he changes any hearts that don't know him for, for really for who he is. Because if we, if we don't see God rightly, then it's going to be really hard for us to trust him. And then that would also be really hard for us to, to surrender to him uh, everything. So A.W. Tozer, a Christian author, maybe some of you have heard of him, he, he said that the most important thing about someone is their view of God. And how we view God, uh, that determines how, how we live our lives. So just want to pray that the Holy Spirit opens up all the hearts to just receive what God has to say and that he would bring 
spirit of wisdom and revelation that Jesus might be seen rightly overall. Because I believe that seeing him rightly will allow us to surrender to him. So teaching me surrender, the Holy Spirit often brought to mind the analogy of the open grasp, which represents trusting the Lord. If we are clenching our hands so tight, whatever we have inside, it's not going to get out. And whatever is out here, you know, it's going to have a hard time getting in. Um, But if we have our hand open to, you know, whatever is there, whatever God has given us, we're showing that it's not ours to begin with. And God just has like total access to, to do whatever he wants. So it's this, you know, it's this analogy of surrender, really. And um, I know this is hard because it's very vulnerable. You're like bare, open. And, um, but he definitely helps us to do this. So just as the song says, as I had mentioned before, uh, he literally brought me to the wilderness. Garissa is it's really a desert. It's like a valley in a desert. So it's super hot, like 95 average. You're always sweating. Um, good times. And um, there's not much appealing about it. So this next picture is actually uh, two pictures taken out of my house that I was in. So the one on the left, um, there's my house in Garissa. Well, it was. And then the one on the right is taken out of our house. So as you can see, there's a lot more dust. And... Um, the only green you really see there is just from the thorn bushes, which grow up into ginormous trees. And so it's nice, though. Adds a little green. Not rice to run into, though. And, um, and so, again, as the song says, he, he let me see my bareness while I was there, being without my comforts in a place unknown to me um, and being stripped of, of the freedoms I have here at home. So 13 days into our stay into Garissa, Unrest began to happen. So our leaders decided that, okay, we'll just get out of the country. They knew a really beautiful place in Tanzania, which I love Tanzania. And um, so we were students, and because we're new, they're like, all right, we'll just evacuate for just 30 days. We packed a little bit. And um, those 30 days turned into seven months before we would live in Garissa again, because as we were gone, just more unrest would happen. And so, you know, things were getting worse and whatever, and we couldn't go back. So in that seven-month period, I moved to, we moved to five different places. So with all the moving around, it created this sense of just insecurity and lack of vision. Um, like, what was I doing on internship? Why was I there? Even though we were still able to carry out our classes and um, do that kind of stuff. So, but I still, I just really began to miss home and try to cling to things that would, that would bring me that, that comfort since I had, I had lost so much of it. And um, I also just began to feel like very distant from the Lord, um, even from the start, like just getting there, than I had in my whole life. So that was, that was super frustrating. So even in all these different places we had moved to, things became very mundane as we were not sure what would happen next. So more than once we just had to wait patiently in a place and just live there. And, and just wait, wait to see if we would be able to go back to Garissa. And, um, and I know everybody here can experience the, the mundane things of life. So again, I just, need to, just want you to think of what are the mundane things in, in your life. And do you feel distant from God in the season you're in? And uh, as you may be thinking of those things, I want to encourage you in the same way that my leaders encouraged us, me and my team, um, to focus not so much on just the doing of things, but also just, just being. Where, um, so where does God have you now? 
what is it that maybe you want to do but God hasn't made available to you yet. For me, I was still a student, so I was just learning. Um, I didn't have all the freedoms to do what I wanted, but we were encouraged, even in the mundane, in the times of just being, to, to really just press into God's presence and that the most important thing is that we be made more like Jesus and to not let our identity really be caught up in, in what we're doing, but really in, in who we are, that, that we are his. And so I just want to remind you in those mundane moments to remember whose you are and who he made you to be first more than what he made you to do. So another low point on internship that the Lord used to highlight surrender to me was after we had, so we had returned to Garissa and um, after we had originally left the first time and um, we were there this time for not even two months and when more unrest started to happen. So at this time we're, it's a Sunday and we're all in churches. We spread out, there's eight of us on the team and but too many white people in one place caused way too much attention. We already had enough of that. Um, so it was just me and two of my other teammates. And so we're in this church service. And here's the thing about African churches. Well, okay, Africa is like really broad. I went to Kenya, so I'll say Kenya. A Kenyan church, um, I don't know if you guys have heard about the churches, but they just like love to go on like four-hour church service easily. And um, so we're like sitting there, and it's around lunchtime, of course. So we're like, oh, man, we're so hungry. So we're like talking, we're like, do you want to go? Like, let's, let's get out of here. <laughs> and, um, uh, but it's really fun. Like they have really great church services, but we were just hungry. So as we're like talking about like, okay, like let's go, let's get out of here. Let's go get some lunch. Um, our leader, we look at our phones, realize our leader has been trying to get a hold of us. And so like all these calls from our leader and with our situation with like moving around so much, we're like, oh no, what does this mean? What happened? So get a hold of our leader. And there's a church in the area, well, it was on the outskirts of town, um, that had, uh, you know, grenades were thrown at it, and the offenders had opened fire, even on the people, at the people in the church. So he was like, get outside the church, and uh, I'm coming to pick you guys up. So our leader swings by, and, um, and he gets us. And so as he came and picked us up, um, we then eventually went back to our houses and just threw some things together in our bag. We're like, okay, we should leave just to let things calm down, see what's, see what all this means. And not knowing where we're going at the time, um, was just throwing some stuff together, got good at that. And so then within two hours, we were on our way to the capital city, Nairobi. And, um, so our site leaders, they met up with our leaders in Nairobi just to evaluate the situation again, see, see what all this meant and, and what would happen next. So, so then we're just kind of waiting there and a week later, our leaders decide they're going to take us to this really beautiful park and just to like chill, relax, trying to get our mind off of things, you know. And, um, but later on that night leaving, uh, one of our leaders vehicles, it was the last one, we had like four, um, and their, their vehicle was hijacked. And so we all were back at the places where we were staying and like one of our leaders isn't showing up. And so um, eventually find out that, yeah, they were hijacked um, by two gunmen. Um, but, and so this is just like a week after leaving Garissa again. And um, I won't tell the whole story of the hijacking, but it really is an amazing story of, of God's provision. And everybody in the car, they, um, they got home safe and sound 
and we're not harmed physically. So at this point, we're like really not sure what's going to happen, um, if we would ever go back to Garissa or, you know, where else we would go. So, and someone had mentioned the idea of like just leaving internship altogether. And I was like, oh, that sounds nice. Um, so, so after feeling stressed about with all this that happened, um, I escaped away to this unfinished building that was where we were staying. And so, um, because Jesus was calling me again to, to surrender to him, um, yet again. And as I sat, I sat on this edge, I keep wanting to look there. Um, on the left, I sat on the edge. And so I was like facing that pole thing there, that cement pole. So I'm sure if anybody saw me, they would have thought I was talking to that, but it's okay. Crazy white people. Um, but yeah, so as I was sitting on this edge overlooking the city, that's again, Nairobi, um, he had me just literally put out my, my hand and just went through all the things that, that I was holding on to. Um, all the things I love most in life, like family and, and friends, things that I desire in my, in my future, and just things I find comfort in. Jazz or size, just kidding. <laughs> and so, <laughs> had to give that little shout out. Um, and so, so one by one, I was just giving them to the Lord, like saying this is what he had given me. And, um, and just thanked him for that because ultimately they're not, they're not mine. Like these are all gifts from him and just handing them over to him. Um, and he took them. And so that would, that would certainly not be the last time of doing that. Um, so even though, you know, we didn't understand why all this was happening, uh, he was still God and he was still in control, bottom line. And though we were surprised that at both these events, um, he was not. So, in your own lives, church, uh, what are things that you, you may be holding on to? What situations are you in that you wish you could change? Things that could just go away or you wish you could run from? Things that you're tired of persevering through? And is it something that maybe God has called you to? And have you spent time with him so you know uh, how to walk out in this season with him? Jesus has given us his Holy Spirit, so we're not alone. Um, I really take refuge in passages like Psalm 133 that say God is acquainted with our inmost beings. Well, being. I don't know many people. Anyways. Um, and also that he's not far from us. Um, and so I praise God that we, we, can't, we can't run from him. In verse 7 of Psalm 139, it says, Where shall I go? from your spirit, or where can I flee from your presence? So be encouraged that he is with you, and he cares, and he really understands. Um, A.W. Tozer again said that God is the easiest to live with, and I believe he is the easiest because he's the most understanding. So in these hard times when it's easy for us to, um, yeah, when it's easy for us to question God as to why he brought us into certain seasons. Um, he spoke to me through a book that I was reading called Mountain of Spices. It's a sequel to Heinz Feet on High Places, if you've heard of it. Um, the girl, there's a girl as the main character, and she represents us. And she's walking out of a former transformation process that happened in the first book. She, um, and that was by walking up this mountain that represented freedom and by following the king who represents Jesus. She decided to follow the king up a mountain for freedom, 
even with physical ailments, that made it really difficult for her. And um, to leave behind a life that had her in bondage. So, and on her journey to be free, uh, which turned out to be harder than she thought, she surrendered to him the things of her life that had a hold on her. And so in her journey up the mountain to freedom, she experienced many trials of suffering and sorrow. So parts of the book that spoke to me were the parts that talked about that sorrow. Um, and at one point it says, joy is sorrow overcome. And the girl said, after overcoming a season of sorrow, oh, that I may always react to sorrow in such a way that it will be overcome and changed into his joy. And one thing that the king said to her, and something I really believe that Jesus would even challenge us with too, is, is this question of, have you ever thought of what joy is to me to be a savior? And this phrase, I can just, you know, imagine God's heart to be a part of our lives, no matter how messed up we think we are. And we're a lot messed up, more messed up than we think we are. Um, and so I had felt so stuck and frustrated at my circumstances. And, but what, what a relief that, that I had Jesus, knowing that he cared and he wanted me to lean on him. And our lives do not burden him. God knew what, what he was getting into when he created us and when he sent Jesus to restore our relationship with him, with the Father. So, yes, like he's almighty and, and fearful God, but he's, he's not too big to care about, about our lives. So, uh, so yeah, let's not be fearful of just opening our, our hands and surrendering our, our lives to him. Proverbs, Proverbs 8.30 speaks of Jesus in this way, and um, that he was daily filled with delight and rejoicing before God always as he was creating the world. He rejoiced in his inhabited world and delighted in the children of men. And I just love that because it's just this picture of like, Jesus is cool. Like he, he delights in us. He loves us. So of course he would love to be a part of our lives. And so uh, to see God rightly and even how he sees us will enable us to, to trust him more, to hold our hands open with that, with that open grasp. Another section of the book also spoke of suffering as, as a privilege and it addresses us and it says, you sons and daughters of Adam, in all your sufferings and sorrow are the most privileged of all beings, for you are to be perfected through suffering and to become the sons and daughters of God with his power to overcome evil with good. If only you realized your destiny, how you would rejoice at every experience of trial and tribulation and even in the persecution which comes your way. You would count it all joy. You would take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when you are weak, then you will learn how to be made strong. So I knew in these hard moments it was a privilege because, like I knew, hard times allow us to see our, our need for the Lord. And for me, I couldn't escape. I was on this internship for, mine was actually 15 months total. We had a little bit of a delay. Um... And so, but I wasn't, I wasn't able to leave there. And I was thankful for this because I was not able to run. And I don't know if, if you're similar to me in this, but I usually like to run um, from like tension or confrontation, just problems that you're like, oh, get me out of here. Um, but since being on this internship and having to face things, since I wasn't able to run, the Lord really taught me to, to seek him in order to deal with those things in a godly manner. 
and I came to realize I, I had two options. I could either feel sorry for myself and, and give up and totally miss what God had for me, um, or simply just surrender it to the Lord, give in. So whether we go through trials or even when life is a breeze, he calls us to, to hold it with that, with that open grasp. So, so what is it? I ask again, what areas in your life are you still holding your hands so, so tightly to? And are you holding it tightly because you don't see God rightly? And is it because you do not trust him? And will you make that decision to surrender to him and really allow yourself to, to lean on him completely in order to know him more? I remember one day spending time with Jesus and meditating on Psalm 4-7 that says, You have put more joy in my heart than when their grain and wine abound. And this verse encouraged me so much because it really is the joy of the Lord that sustains us. It's, it's our strength. And, um, and if we really know him, if we, can see, if we can see God the Father rightly for who he truly is, as much as we can... Um, then we, we experience this, this joy, and that also like allows us just to surrender that, because we trust him, we know he's good. And in this verse, David was in distress about the, the ungodly. So the part when it talks about the grain and wine abounding is, um, is about when the ungodly were, were prosperous, they were advancing. But David was saying that he had more joy, even in his distress, than the ungodly did, even when they were advancing. So this is because David knew the Lord and that in the Lord is fullness of joy, pleasures evermore, as Psalms 1611 tells us. So we have all we need in Jesus, um, and our lives are a witness to the rest of the world. People should be able to, to look at us, uh, especially in, in trying times, and, and see Jesus in us, because we're, we're these arrows, and we are to point people to Jesus. And someone had said, preach the gospel, and when necessary, use words. And so I know it's easy to be happy when times are good, um, like when I'm home and most things are convenient and I have a community of just amazing people around me. But it is different when we're stripped of those things and we're stripped of our, of our comforts. There are often times in my internship where I just felt so different. I was like, man, was I, was I fake before? Why do I feel so different? And um, now that I hadn't had all my comforts, who was I? And Jesus was teaching me that my identity was not in those things and the things I love most in life, but, um, but in him. And so again, I just want to stress that it's about seeing the father rightly, that he's not this angry father. The way we grow up, I know, and that are raised by our parents, even especially our fathers, can really paint a picture of how we view God. And so um, just to encourage those that maybe didn't have that father that you wish that you had had, that really loved you, and maybe that has, you know, tainted the way that you see God or you see God in that way, but that God's a good, he's a good father, he's the best, and um, yeah, they sent Jesus to, to die for us, even while we were still sinners, so we are his children, and I mean, parents, they don't love their kids because their kids um, give them something, but I mean, they love them simply because they're theirs, right, and so that's the same thing with God. Um, he loves us, and I know that we're kind of used to this mentality of, you know, not expecting to get something unless you did something to earn it, but that's not the way it is with, with God's kingdom. That's how they, 
they say sometimes it's this upside down kingdom because God says that Jesus is enough. So I just want to encourage you in that and um, let's just accept the fact that God loves us and he made us to enjoy us and we're his favorite creation. So again, the most important thing about someone is, is their view of God. And in our hard times, it's encouraging to remember too that Jesus also experienced um, hard times while he was here on earth. When Jesus went to the wilderness, led by the Holy Spirit, Scripture says that Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. And once he overcame the devil with his temptations, and as Jesus left the wilderness to begin his ministry, Scripture then says that he had power from the Holy Spirit. So first he was filled, and then he had power. So just like with Jesus, when we are filled with the Holy Spirit and we're leaning on him, um... We come out of situations in power being strengthened through the Spirit. Hebrews 2, 17 through 18 speaks of Jesus and says, Therefore he had to be made like his brothers in every respect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to make those, he is able to help those who are being tempted. So Jesus understands, and as the verse says, he became made like his brothers, and so that's us. Jesus lived out surrender to the Father. He offered up his life. Jesus set us this example for us, and we can't use the excuse of, well, he was God, because, yeah, he was still God, but he was also still 100% human, and so we can also be this surrendered. I started reading a book on internship that a friend had sent me. It's called Kisses from Katie. And um, this book is about a girl who moves to Uganda. She was 18 the first time she went. But she eventually lives there, and she actually becomes the mother of, like, 13 or 14 Ugandan girls. And so in one chapter, she writes about the phrase that people often say when they say, Remember, God will never give you more than you can handle. And about this phrase, she writes, I believe that God totally, absolutely, intentionally gives us more than we can handle because this is when we surrender to him and he takes over, proving himself by doing the impossible in our lives. So praise God in these, in these times of weaknesses and times that seem impossible. We have an amazing opportunity to see the faithfulness of the Lord and really just fall more in love with Jesus as we come to trust him more. So I want to encourage you, church, to persevere and seek the Lord in these times rather than run. There's a phrase that my freshman year at school, I woke up with playing over and over again in my head that has stuck with me ever since, and it goes, you're not ready unless you're ready to fail. And so even in our weaknesses and times of feeling like a failure, God still has his way and uses us for his glory. Um... This next picture will show a little something I did on internship. Um, for a few weeks, I was helping in a particular school teaching jazzercise and um, teaching in their Bible classes to elementary students. They loved it. They picked up quick. Um, but jazzercising outside in Africa in a long skirt, it's a little difficult. <laughs> uh, but good times. And so, so the season, again, while I was in that place, was, was one of the hardest for me. And um, I was really feeling distant from the Lord. It was that not feeling him since. And, um, but I did, I really did find joy being um, 
with these children and talking with them about God as I was able to speak in their Bible classes. So in the next picture, I'll show that me and one of my buddies. Um, there he is. His name is Marcelino, which I think kind of sounds Hispanic, but he's, he's African. Um, so one day in class, um, in the Bible classes, we were talking about prayer and, um, and so I just asked if anybody was hurting physically and because in the season I wasn't really, you know, feeling the Lord, I didn't really feel like led to do this, to ask that, but I just felt like, you know, Jesus loves to heal. So we'll just see what happens. And, um, so I'd asked, I was like, is anybody hurt like physically? And, um, and everybody had pointed to this girl in the middle of the room and she'd had like a really bad headache that day and stomach aches. We're like, okay, like, let's just go ahead and pray for her. So they, most of the students lay their hands on her. And, um, so after I just prayed quick prayer, um, she had said that her headache went away and, um, even though her stomach pain was still there. So, so we decided like, okay, we'll just pray again in case Jesus wants to take it away. Otherwise, you know, we'll just keep praying for her type of thing. And, um, so now like everybody in the room, like has their hands on her head and, I'm like, geez, you guys, we just, the headache just left. Let's not give her another one. And, um, but, and her, her stomach pain was still there, but we we're like, you know, praise God that he, he took away her headache. And that was exciting. So God even uses children to bring his kingdom to earth. And even when we don't necessarily feel his presence, um, God's still at work. He never stops. So, so to conclude, um, I just, I really want to ask you again, um, what is it that, that you're holding on to? Is your grasp close to something that you need to surrender to the Lord? And, and why wait any longer? Um, so since, since we're talking about it now, just figured, um, I'd give just like 20 seconds um, just for us to be quiet before the Lord and just ask him what it is that, that he would want you to surrender to him if you don't already know it. Um, and if you feel maybe that this would be difficult because you don't trust him, then I would just say, I would encourage you in that time to just ask God to, you know, help you get to know him better. And I mean, I know there's a bunch of people here who would love to help you with that too. Um, so, and one thing that my a good friend had asked me a challenging question before I went to school um, that I also want to share with you is, what would you do if you weren't afraid? So let's just take like 20 seconds to, to listen to Jesus and really ask him what he might have us surrender to him. And um, if it helps not to be distracted by all the silence, you just close your eyes. Hopefully it won't be too awkward. But yeah, let's just take um, like 20 seconds and just be bare before the Lord. And so I just want to encourage you to even just share with someone what you feel the Lord has spoken to you or what that is. That could be a step of just surrendering it to him and um, either now or later. And so another song the Lord spoke to me nearing the end of my internship as I focused on persevering to the end. Um, part of the song goes like this. I'm holding on to your divine love. I'm holding on and I'm not letting go. It's not by zeal, it's that your love is strong. It's not by strength, it's that you're faithful. And this is just a reminder to me that as long as I was leaning on him, I would, I would make it, you know, that he would give me grace as I was surrendered to him. So I'm just going to pray for us now on, 
on this subject of surrender. So God, I just thank you so much that you are a good father, that you love us, God, and um, that even when we mess up, you are just cheering us on to, to get back up. And um, even when we fail, God, we fail moving forward with you. And so we just, we just thank you for that, Jesus. And uh, just ask again, God, most importantly, that we would see you rightly, that our view of you wouldn't be tainted. That God, I just ask that you would take whatever it is out of, out of our lives, that you would help us to surrender to you, that we'd see you rightly, Jesus, and be made more like you and be ready for you when you, when you come back, Jesus. And um, we just say sorry for, for holding on to things. Sorry for not trusting you. Because you're good, Jesus. And um, yeah, just help us to hold our lives with that open grasp because you gave that to us. So we love you, Jesus. You're awesome. Amen. Thank you for listening. Join us at Quest as we walk with one another in friendship while discovering the reality and goodness of God together. For more information and service times, visit us online at go to quest.org.